Though the sorrow may last for the night, the joy comes in the morning. Welcome to the Noah's Love Podcast. I am Father Michael. And I'm Molly. Molly. Hello. Hello. I'm glad we're not live. That was stressful. <laughs> we're in our tiny little blanket our cube. Our tiny little blanket fort. It yes. was fun. It but was it's a lot also, of fun. It's a little overstimulating when you're an introvert. Did you feel nervous uh, doing our live episode? Um, I think... J- I think not nervous, but more just distracted because it's like you're anticipating people's reactions when here it's like just one other person who I know well. But it's like, oh, like, will someone laugh at this or like yeah. what will people think of this? And like you can't really help but feel that way if you don't do something like that all the time. Yeah. And then it kind of puts you off your game, I feel like. Yeah, that I felt was that. my experience. I think also like when we're here, we can pause and think about what we're going to do next and what's happening next. But like we were sort of putting on a performance where we wanted yeah. it to keep flowing, so it was right. challenging. And a lot of people came, and we wanted it to was give, awesome. Thank give them for, a good show. <laughs> thank you for coming, guys. Yeah, thanks. It was good. Thanks, Matt Frad. Yeah, thank you. I don't. I don't assume that he listens, but we'll just hope. We'll, we'll see if he if he catches this, Matt Frad. If you if you are listening to this, send us another bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> that was very kind. That was very nice. Yeah. But yeah, it was great to have him. I thought that was a really good conversation we had. Yes. That was my favorite part. I still haven't listened to that. I've listened to the interview part. Okay. Um, I thought it went really well. Like once we got going with the conversation, mm. it was interesting how he like asked us questions too. Yeah. Which was cool because we always love for it to be more of a conversation. You know? Yeah. So more I more that than was just nice. like Matt, tell us about your yeah 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 Australia. <laughs> tell us about the kangaroos. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but what are we talking about today, Father? <laughs> I'll let you introduce the topic. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when this, when I first learned that this really set you off. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it: emotional chastity. I emotional chastity. Emotional. Um, damn. But yeah. Molly has strong feelings about this. You kind of do too. I do too. I just <laughs> like to preface it. Yeah, no, we I should. Won't. We no, we should preface it. Okay, like this isn't about calling out any chastity speaker or whoever. Right. It's more just about like what it, what does this really mean and what is the the heart of the matter right. when it comes to so being chased and what that is, but then also everything that goes along with that yeah, in and, our emotions. Yeah, and what the term really means. Because that's more like my problem is that there is even a term, I guess, and I think it focuses too much on emotions. And I'm mm-hmm. a very like... Our emotions are great. They're a gift from God. But as you can tell from listening to almost any podcast on here, I'm just a firm believer that love is a choice and everything that follows that and that we should never, like, listen to our emotions first mm. um, or fo- or even focus on our emotions because they're just a thing that happens to us. Like, so, like, you might say something mean about me behind my back and I might feel angry and like i want to take revenge on you but that's i obviously shouldn't listen to that right like so many times virtue goes against our emotions and i think when we focus on emotion it distracts distracts actually distracts us from virtue even if we're trying to focus on our emotions in a positive way Mm. more often we need to lead by action so that's kind of my main issue yeah uh 
What do you what do you like know of emotional chastity? Because I remember when we had our first conversation, though I also forget how it came up, you were kind of talking about your thoughts first. Like, what do you remember from hearing about it and what you know about it kind of in the Catholic world? Particularly, I think, in the Franciscan Steubenville world, it's a thing. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it wasn't a thing that I was strongly exposed to. Like, in, I don't think I ever heard it growing up. Yeah, I think I, it's a more, like, recent term not from ancient times um <laughs> not from but the even dinosaur like days <laughs> it wasn't even like even like college or even since then like i don't i think the first time i really thought about that term was there, a speaker came to catholic central since i've worked there and yeah uh, this was before i was there yeah and and gave a talk about it and it was kind of like a lot of new concepts but it, i didn't react it wasn't like oh i don't agree with that and I don't think I thought about it that critically, but um, just kind of hearing that sort of that as we relate to other people, and particularly like this is about you know romantic attraction or right. sexual attraction, that there are there are you know parts of that whole picture that we have to be careful about, and mm-hmm. that's what that's what the talk that was at our school for the students was about right. where I first heard that term, which is true, and mm-hmm. I'm like. I'm going to say it a million times cause, because I do want to make it clear that, like, I don't disagree with what you just said, right? Um, but I'm going to read a few definitions that I'm finding from, like, Catholic websites on what emotional chastity is so we can, like, define it before we mm-hmm. continue. Because I think a lot of times, like, it's this Catholic buzzword we hear yeah, all the time, yeah. right? But we don't really know, like, what even that means. So... Emotional chastity is refraining from emotionally obsessing over someone you just met or creating a non-existent relationship in your head or placing huge relational expectations on someone with whom you barely have a relationship. Um, I'm going to find another one. Okay, so there. this one's a bit longer, but it's not too long. Someone wrote in this article, I used to think the term emotional chastity was the same thing as physical chastity, but with your emotions. I literally just traded the words physical intimacy for emotional intimacy in order to understand the subject. What I've come to understand is that, simply put, emotions are good, but they're not meant to be given away without a care, which is very true. They're good in the right context. The amount of my emotional investment in someone should mimic the depth of our relationship. And you know that's something I agree with, right? We've specifically talked about that. Right, the different Mm -hmm. levels, like your emotional intimacy should line up with your physical intimacy, intimacy (laughs) should line up with the state of commitment of your relationship. I firmly believe that. Like I said earlier, it's more the term Mm -hmm. that I struggle with because... I think it makes it out to be like, control your emotions, like just don't emotionally invest too much in someone or just don't give your heart away to someone who you're not committed to. Like uh, a classic thing at Franciscan, (laughs) just Franciscan culture is so unique, but I think this applies to general Catholic culture too. Like let's say there's a girl and I literally know so many people who have been in this situation Sad to say, myself included. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll use my poor mistakes of the past as an example. Um, Where, like, someone... uh, Yeah, I'll just say myself. (laughs) Share with us. I will share with you. There was a guy that I liked. We go on a few dates, right? He doesn't want to continue. That's fine. We're still really good friends. And... There was fault on both parts here of, like, he would still want to hang out all the time. We ended up dating a couple more times. It was very emotionally messy for me because of what I'm about to explain. Like, 
So it was like, I don't want to date you, but still someone wanting to spend a ton of time with me. And of course, I like that person. So it's hard for me to say no to that. But then I'm like telling myself, well, I'm just gonna be like emotionally chased, right? Like, I'm gonna just protect my emotions. I'm not gonna let myself like fall for this guy more. I'm just gonna like guard my heart, all these Catholic buzzwords again, guard my emotions, guard my heart. But like, in reality, I was falling more and more for this guy. Because I was still spending time with him. Like, me being in check with my emotions wasn't the problem. The problem was that I wasn't taking practical, physical steps to, like, protect, actually protect my heart. So I think the term emotional chastity is misleading because it at least made me always think, like, I need to have this certain level of emotional control. And if I pray enough, I'll be able to do whatever I want and just not feel a certain mm. thing. So, like, I could go to God and give it to God over and over. And then I could still hang out with this guy all the time. But, like, I just won't have feelings for him. But in reality, I needed to cut off that friendship. Not in a mean way. I just needed to be like, I like you. You don't want to be with me. So I can't spend time with you. Especially it seems like spending time that is, like, at least at some level, man, I hope... Something changes yes, here. Yes, and that was absolutely what it always was for me, and hence mm -hmm. why we dated a few times, and I was never the one to end it, you know? Like, I always knew what I wanted in that, um, but it, I really, after the first time, should have, like, cut off that friendship, and th that's hard, right? Like, mm -hmm. if especially if someone's willing to have that friendship with you, and you like, like, of course you want that. That's so normal. Like, mm -hmm. I don't blame myself for that. That's how we are as humans. But, like... It's much better to do the hard thing right away and say, like, I can't be with you for whatever reason. And, you know, your situation might be different from mine. Maybe you just know that person's not good for you. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you you know you don't want it long term or whatever. You know you can't be with them. It's, you, it's as hard as it is. You got to take that step. But your emotions are not going to make you want to do that. No. Of course. Naturally. Mm-hmm. So which I just kind of think it puts too much power and, like, um, expectation on our emotions when in reality, like, our emotions usually follow action rather than action following emotions, I feel like, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's not the case, but in most situations. And I think at the end of the day, like, this is what most people who preach about emotional chastity are trying to get at. I don't think they'd listen to what I'm saying and say, you're dead wrong. But I, that's why my issues with the term and kind of focusing on a term like that, instead of just being giving a talk about dating and saying like, hey, be smart. <laughs> like mm -hmm. if you like someone and you're not going to be with them or they don't want to be with you, stop spending time with them. Mm. But it kind of turns into this whole big thing when I think it could be much more straightforward and clear than it is. Mike dropped. Okay. I just talked for a long time, as father said. I have a lot of feelings about this subject. <laughs> so many feelings about <laughs> so many emotions. Feelings. <laughs> is, when you compare it to regular chastity, <laughs> the physical um, chastity, physical chastity. So, like physical chastity, and you looked up a definition before we started about so, like rightly ordering your sexual activity. Yeah. So, so <laughs> like, if you're not married, Don't you're not sex. having sex. Mm -hmm. Like, and uh, but then everything that goes with that of not lusting and yeah. uh, all this, you know, that all that good constellation stuff. of sins that, yeah. that can be there. Um, but if you try to compare that to our emotions, I don't, it would be unreasonable to say, okay, just don't fall in love. Right. Like just um, don't have sex is, is not comparable to just don't fall in love. Yeah. Because 
we say fall in love because it's not entirely in our control. Yeah. Um, that idea of like becoming infatuated with someone, having a crush on someone, however you want to put it, like you, it may happen for different reasons, but like it's not something you're like, I am choosing in this moment to fall in love with that person. Yeah. Like real love at the end of the day is a choice, but like there's a, there's a movement of the heart that is totally beyond our control mm. in a certain sense. But it's not beyond our control of like what we do with it. Like yeah. we can, like with lust, we can't choose if something starts to happen, but we could choose how we respond to it. Like with any emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, there's definitely people that I've fallen for that uh, were not good people for me to be with, um, and I should have chosen to turn away from that. And sometimes I did. Like sometimes I started to like someone, not like fall in love with them necessarily, but like them, and I was like, I know this isn't going to be good for me, so I'm going to separate myself from mm-hmm. that. Um, or sometimes, like in the case of Zach, like I knew it was a good thing, so I chose to let my action, you know, lead lead my emotions to deeper, to to go deeper. Like I love Zach emotionally and in every way, way more than I did when we first got together, because my actions kind of led that emotion deeper. Mm. But if I knew Zach wasn't good for me, my actions could have led that emotion to eventually not exist. It's like when you when someone breaks up with you and you separate, like. You don't stay in love with them forever. Right after a breakup, you feel like you're never going to get over them. But I dated someone for a long time. We broke up. It was really hard at first, but I didn't see him. I didn't talk to him for a while, and I fell out of love with him Mm -hmm. because that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking of how this applies to to me and my vocation. And so, like, in seminary, every once in a while there'll be talks. Every year you have to have a, a big conference on celibacy. Uh, every year in se- every year in seminary they have one oh, yeah which is, that, is really good yeah is it has it is uh, and, and that's a side conversation I'm just curious about what that's like yeah so like I've given one like I've gone back oh. and done it and really enjoyed that and um, one of the things and I've probably said this on your one of our formators said when he did it uh, it's like and he was from Georgia and he had a great accent that I won't try you're like <laughs> gentlemen. You will fall in love once a year uh, <laughs> yeah. as priest is what he was talking yeah. about. Um, and like a lot of the conferences got into that of like, so for example, if you're attracted to a woman, don't meet her alone at some bar, not dressed as a priest. Yeah. Um, and that's a really practical thing. But I, I think in terms of how our emotions play into it, if I'm really attracted to someone as a priest, I've made a commitment. Yes. Like I'm living my vocation. I, I know what my life is meant to be. I shouldn't do things like I shouldn't commit myself to actions that are going to fuel those emotions. Anything, yeah. yeah. And the the problem isn't that we experience emotions, right? Like it's natural, and normal, just because you've made a commitment to celibacy, mm-hmm. just because I'm not married yet. Like whatever our state of life is, doesn't mean that we don't feel temptations or towards like the opposite of what that commitment is. Yeah. But that's why there shouldn't be a like we shouldn't focus on the term emotional. It's just like being sm- like smart mm-hmm. with your actions like mm-hmm. and it is it's i think guarding your heart is a little more like i it is such a buzz buzzword but i think that one makes a little more sense yeah because you're protecting you shouldn't you should be protecting your emotions you should be protecting your heart but it's not your heart that leads that it's not your emotions that lead that there would need to be like protected mm-hmm. by action um because, like, yeah, like, our emotions, your emotions are not always in line with your vocation. My emotions aren't always going to be in line with my vocation. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's the action that's really important. Um, 
Yeah, like I think that's that's great, and that's applicable to like if so if someone's married, right? Mm-hmm. If you get married in the Catholic Church, like you're married for life, like the you're forever committing to that person. And as everyone says, like in marriage, you're not always going to feel in love with that person, but you choose to love them, right? So like let's say you start to experience feelings for someone that you meet, you should literally never be spending time with that person. Mm-hmm alone at at the very least and probably not much with other people either Mm -hmm. to the degree that you can help it um and that might not be what your emotions are leading you to but ever anyone would say like that's still the right decision yeah um yeah it like it it feels good to like be wanted and to want someone and like everything and have something new yeah so that's great yes a new thing like our emotions will tell us like yeah more of this, mm-hmm. like keep because it feels good. It feels like, good. Yeah, wants to feel good. <laughs> even it, even outside of like doing something wrong, like there's that temptation to follow that. And I think that, I mean, gosh, one of our first episodes is more than a feeling. Like yeah. uh, that love is more than a feeling. That we place so much emphasis on just going with what we feel. And yeah. I think there's there's some really important things in that of of knowing what you feel being really honest about what what you feel because it it shows us what's going on inside and what our mm-hmm. um like I just I I think dealing with my emotions towards certain things have shown me like what am I actually afraid of or yeah. what am I hoping for or what is it what I really want What have I been want? through? Like, yeah. what am I still holding on to? Yeah. Yeah, but just I think that clear-headedness of be like what what do I as a person who knows that God loves me and wants me to to live a holy life. What do I know that I should do? Right. And if there's a question, like then you could discern that question, but it's mm-hmm. not about uh this feels good. Yeah. That's the thing I should do. Yeah. And so that's why it's like a lot of the content that I read and listen to on emotional chastity is very good. Mm-hmm. Like they encourage, you know, like I think the, the one I was just reading said like I'll give you two examples of like, so I'm saying one of some of the content I think is really good, Mm -hmm. but it's the practical content that I think is really good. So I'm going to give an example of both in the same article. I don't know the person who wrote this article. This is no offense to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, One great piece of advice says, think before you share. Girls love to talk about their problems. True. And guys love to fix problems. Can you confirm? Amen. <laughs> Sharing important parts of your heart for long periods of time can then become confusing for both parties involved. If you're struggling with getting carried away with thoughts about a potential romance, try to stay away from things that make it more difficult. Um, yeah. And so it's saying basically avoid having those deep sharing conversations with someone that you, even if it's like someone you want to date, like that's you know you should wait to a certain level of of relationship. Well, pace to, yourself. Yeah, have yeah. that kind of intimacy with intimacy with someone. Like trust should be earned in a human sense, really. Like mm-hmm. um, there's a reason why friendships deepen over time. Relation. It's a reason why you don't marry someone the second you meet them. Like relationships are meant to deepen, and I always. Have I talked about the scale on the podcast? Yeah. Okay. okay. Recently, yeah. Yeah. So it's like if I'm in a relationship with someone, you know, I'm going to be sharing more with them than I am with someone who is maybe just a guy friend who I like. But like that commitment shows me, okay, he's committed to me and only me. He's earned a little more in my heart, right? You know, like, and vice versa. Like it's not just a guy. Yeah. I think it can lead to a 
sort of a false or too quick intimacy to to share in certain ways that you like could cra- a relationship can crash and burn a lot. Yeah, more like it may, it feels you know. I just think about like uh, even some like retreat experiences where you know you could be sharing really openly with someone, and maybe that's the only time that happens. Um, it's okay to 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 share and like, gosh, this is what we've talked. This is what we talked about recently, um, tied into the different kinds of intimacy. Right. But um, I think especially when it's that expectation of a romantic relationship, it can feel way more real and committed than it is if you're just dumping your heart on that other person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what? set up like wrong expectations of what this really is. Yes. What other episode did we talk about this in? It was like. A couple ago, I think. Do you know what it was about? No. I can't know either. <laughs> I'll find it. Um, but so kind of going off of that, here's an example that I think is, that I have a problem with at mm-hmm. least. Um, see things for what they really are. When someone does something kind for you, like holding a door open or giving you a compliment, thank them and the Lord for their friendship. Don't escalate it into a marriage proposal. Like, oh gosh, like. Uh. <laughs> That's a lot. I know. First of all, like, I think that, like, you, what you were saying, our emotions show us something deeper, right? If, like, that's happening, that shows that probably you're pretty lonely <laughs> and you need to, like, seek some sort of healing in that, whether it's therapy or just, like, prayerful healing with the Lord, like, realizing the Lord is should be your one true desire. But it's not just, like, this, like, the way that's worded is, like, so, so let's say... Zach and I are dating. Zach opens the door for me. And in my mind, I'm like, la, wow, what a good man. There's no good men. Which I think this is tempting for girls. Like, there's no good men. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of really, you know, not respectful men in the world. So if you see a guy do something like that, like open a door. Which, ladies, is the bare minimum. Very kind when a man does that. But if that's what's getting your heart to skip a beat, raise <laughs> your standards. I'll say it. I'll say it straight up. Like... I see so many girls do that, even like, especially our teenagers, like, it's like, well, he bought me flowers or he held the door for me. That's great, but that's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me when he's doing something hard and then I will believe that he's worthy of you <laughs> anyway. <Preach>. Um, <laughs> like, it, that the, what that is really saying is like the advice that that is giving is like just don't let your emotions escalate don't let your emotions escalate but what's sure, the action yeah. you need to take and respond to that it's not saying don't hang out with a guy who doesn't hold a door for you right but maybe the action is turning this into a prayer but I know it says that but like not just like a moment of like thank you God for the kindness of this man that's not gonna make you if you're like taking that to a romantic level that's not gonna saying a simple prayer in a moment is it going to make you turn off your emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to do something about it. You have to, like, yes, pray about it, but, like, pray through it. Not just, like, this, oh, thank you, God, for this good man moment. Like, mm-hmm. you could do that, but, like, say to the Lord, like, man, like, why did I have that experience? Like, why did I react that why way? Why did I react that way? Walk through that with him. Walk through it with a spiritual director. Like, yeah. just saying, like, have this moment of, like, turn it into a thanks. It's like... That's not going to change your emotions. Like, it's got to be, like you said, our emotions speak to things that are going on deeper. And we can't just, like, change our emotions with, like, a flip switch in our mind. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just not how they work. It's, like, not reality. This may sound off topic, but I think it relates. And I I want to hear what you think about it. You should have friendships, period, before you 
get into a serious relationship. Like with the person? No, with and like so that example. If you're a lonely person mm-hmm. who doesn't have friends, um, and that's extremely sad. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying they're extremely sad. No, I, I know that is an extremely <laughs> yeah. sad situation. Um, and then for whatever reason, you know, you find a person that like you're infatuated with. Maybe yeah. they are with you. That that sort of relationship, skipping to that rather than building the experience of sharing with people, sharing your life with people and friendship, I think it could be extremely dangerous oh, to kind of skip to yes. that. And I feel like I've seen it of like uh, that's, someone As who, you're saying that, I'm like thinking of examples. Yeah. So be, like I feel, and I, you know, we've all been lonely at different points in our mm-hmm. lives. Like, um, but it, I think the work of having friends and learning to trust people like that's that all builds us up uh to have like in the case of like marriage to have like that really incredibly intimate relationship you, I don't know if you can do it well without that No like I've I don't know if this is a catholic or christian thing like but I've heard the phrase like uh mar- marriage or relationship is like friendship on fire which is like silly sounding, but it's really true. Mm-hmm. Like at the heart of my relationship with Zach is that I knew how to be a friend before I was in a relationship with him and that he knew how to be a friend. And I like everything else can fade away, but like our our friendship won't. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely important that you know how to be a friend and know how to receive love as a friend and know how to share with a friend and not share too much not share too little either right like we're not we've talked about vulnerability on this podcast all the time we're not meant to be guarded forever like but learn how to balance that and it's it's even though i'm marrying zach like he is not my everything yes spiritually in the sense that god is above him in my heart and in my life but also like I need time with my girlfriends. I need time with my other friends. I can't only hang out with Zach. I've seen couples do that before where they start dating, they fall in love and forget about everyone else. Mm -hmm. And like women need, especially in this sense, women need women and men need men. And that like, there's a certain level of like intimacy with a female. And yes, intimacy can be used in a friendship way Mm -hmm. Um, of intimacy that like I can't get with Zach because he's not a girl. Like, there's just certain ways that he can't understand me and that I can't understand him because we're opposite genders. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't mean that, like, he is not the closest relationship that I've ever had and that he doesn't understand me perfectly that any or better than anybody else has. has. But, like, he's not a girl. And mm-hmm. I'm not a guy. Um, and I need my female friendships just as he needs his male friendships. And so, like, that is super important to remember and to continue those things. If you're in a relationship... Do do not be one of those people who only spends time with that person. Like, I guess that is a way to be, quote unquote, emotionally chaste because <laughs> it's you, not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, or, and like it's it really goes against that because it's 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 disordered. Yeah, it's not what it's not what a relationship is meant to be. Yeah. And, and like seeking. Yeah. Like you're saying that they're my everything. Um, uh is is going to be bad for for both of you because what do you do when they let you down yeah i because i've been in a relationship where i still had other friends but emotionally i put way too much on this one person for my happiness and it wasn't that i necessarily had expectations that he would never let me down 
but it was more when he did, it affected everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I would shut down. I would not be okay. I wouldn't know what to do. Um, Instead of being able to, like, take that and deal with it in a healthy way because everybody's going to let you down besides Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you place all of your emotional investment into one person, it's not like this, oh, play it safe because they might leave you. No, it's not that at all. It's like... It's it's half support and have lots of relationships because everybody's going to disappoint you. And, like, you can't place everything in one person. And there's so much that, like, women have to offer one another and men have to offer one another. Or even, in, say, in, in your case, like, Zach can't carry all that for you. No. And, and you he, can't he, carry all that for him. That's and so, not our job. Yeah, It's not, like, spread out your love so that right. there will always be some left. But right, it's just yeah. God puts people in our life for a reason. And, um we can support each other in different ways. Yeah, there's things other, there's gifts that other people are meant to give me. Mm-hmm. So most of the gifts in my life are from the heart of Zach because he's going to be my husband. And that's rightly ordered, right? But like, there are ways that my other friends totally bless me because they're different, mm-hmm. right? And and we're meant to receive that. Anyway, that was kind of a tangent, but I think that was a good and important one. Yeah, I just, I think anytime I've seen you know, from teenagers to adults, like a man and woman who just like totally cut themselves off. And especially if they're, they're not dating each other. It's kind of like, Oh, there's, there's something wrong here. Yeah. Yeah. Just to like either (laughs) pick a side, Mm. sort of like figure it out. Like if you, if you want to be this, if this intimacy is something that, that, that you're seeking with each other, like you should, Try that. Yeah, like, date. That's one of my uh, our least favorite things, and this is such a term, it boggles my mind. And I, it's times like this where I say things like this where I feel old, <laughs> even though I'm mm-hmm. not. Where the kids are always like, if I'm like, oh, are you dating this person or are these people dating? They're like, well, we're talking. <laughs> it makes me want to freaking throw up. We're it's talking. so disgusting. And it's unhealthy. And I'll say, I'm, I'm just getting bold. This That's unhealthy. Why? Because, like, this is the order to be. Someone pursues you. They're asking you on dates. You're going on dates. You're intentionally getting to know one another. I would call that going out on dates. Yeah. And then you're liking where it's going. It's been a decent amount of time. You want to keep going? Commitment. Mm-hmm. Because talking is unhealthy because you don't really know what's going on. It's like, this person likes me. Do they like you enough to commit to you? Guess guess not. They're not worthy of you if they're not. And, like, it's, you could, it could start out as, like, you know, we're friends. We think there's something more here. Right. And that is, that naturally happens. But, yeah, that kind of idea of, like, let's just float in this in between. For months and months. Right. (laughs) It's Um, like like discernment. Yeah. (laughs) Pick one. Go just, Enter seminary, yeah. enter religious life. Um, <laughs> um, and commit, like, this is why it's commitment is important is because it's hard. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying earlier, right? Like, does Zach open the door for me? Yes. Does he buy me flowers? Yes. But he does much more difficult things for me, and those are the reasons why I know he loves me. He makes me happy when he does those small things for me. He does make me feel loved. But that's not why how I know he loves me. Mm-hmm. Because anybody can, any guy could buy any girl flowers. Any guy can open any the door for any girl. It is literally not hard to do that. Mm. But what's hard is to be there for someone when they're going through something emotionally difficult, and it lasts more than 
uh, you know, an hour, like to talk through something with someone. What's hard is to be chased when you're not married. And that's like a massive sacrifice that really is because we've talked about we're naturally ordered towards that. That shows that someone's really willing, like you're worth the wait. Like what's hard is sacrificing time for other things to to show up when you really need them or even in in big ways or small ways like what are the mm, these are I feel like these are bad examples but like I know Zach loves me when he does hard things Mm -hmm. because he's I've seen him sacrifice and die to himself for me and like if you're getting emotionally carried away for someone who's doing something that literally ask yourself like this is a good I think a, a good tell point is like how easy would it be for anyone to do this for me um, would I feel touched if a friend did this for me? If a friend opens the door for me, I will say thank you and forget about it. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. You could still open the door for me if you're my friend and listening to this. But, like, that's not going to make me be like, wow, they're the best friend ever. And I don't think it would make anyone really do that. But, like, yeah. if you're thinking that in a relationship and it's not something that you're going to think in a friendship or be impressed by in a friendship, like, this probably a sign that you need to like work through that with i and i would say with someone else too honestly Mm -hmm. therapist spiritual director confessor like the lord (laughs) consistently not just a one day one moment prayer if your emotions are leading you too strongly that's not a sign to like i just need to pour this out on another person yeah or i I just just tell myself i gotta stop i just gotta stop yeah that's it just doesn't work Mm -hmm. there's literally been times where I have, uh, th- again, that back and forth relationship I talked about where I was just like, oh, I got to fall in lo- out of love with this. I was like very much in love with this person at this point. I just got to stop liking them. I got to st- stop liking them. I could just w- trying to will myself to do it. <laughs> My actions. So the person I was spending the most time with. Yeah. Everybody thought I was dating this person, even though I wasn't at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, And I can't, you can't just will yourself to do things mm-hmm. like we're humans. Yeah. And we have to take that into account. Um, and that's why I don't like emotional <laughs> the term. All this to say. All this to say. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, these Molly. These are my thoughts. Father. How has God loved you lately? Hmm. So I'm nannying this summer. I have the great privilege to be a little nanny. I don't know why I said little nanny. <laughs> little, little nanny with um, a little boy. <laughs> a little boy. I started last week. He is nine months old. He is so precious. Um... And I've never really babysat a ton before. I have a little bit, but I've never nannied, mm-hmm. and especially at that age. So a lot of my friends have babies that are zero to one year old right now. It's just so fun. Uh, and so when I, I put him down for two naps a day, and something really cool that made me really excited for motherhood is like, I feel like most times when you're doing something, you could still look at your phone. To distract yourself and make the time. Like you're sitting in a doctor's office. You need to pass the time, but you could sit on your phone, mm-hmm. right? But something that you cannot go on your phone when you're passing the time is when you're rocking your baby to sleep. <laughs> and specifically the way he likes to be rocked to sleep, I stand up and hold him in a certain position. Like I can't look at my phone. And sometimes he takes like 20 minutes to go down and I'm just rocking him for a while and I don't have the chance to be on my phone. And so I've been praying during that time, and it's been really awesome. Like, I pray for the little baby and um, just different things where I'm just like, who needs—it's it's been kind of a, like, intercessory prayer time yeah. for me. 
And it's been really awesome to like have a moment where it's like, I can't get on my phone right now. And just like, I'm just rocking this baby in in this room and kind of humming to him and just praying. And it's just been like a beautiful time that made me really admire mothers and like excited for like a new, like it gave me a glimpse to a new level of holiness. I know the Lord will call me to when Lord willing, I get to be a mom someday and experience that. Like not just when I'm nannying occasionally, but like every day. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. What about you, father? Um, yesterday as we record, this was first Friday in Steubenville. And so there's kind of a festival on the street and that's, that's always like, I love those things. I love so walking around, talking to people, there was a good band, um, but uh, in the middle of it, I was just kind of walking, and a guy who I kind of know, but like not closely, came up to me and wanted to talk about some questions about the faith. And oh. Yeah, it's just really neat um, for God to use moments like that where mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it, and it wasn't built on anything that I did except like being a priest. Yeah, um, and that's that's what a gift your priesthood is. Yeah, and it's it's very just it's amazing to see how it affects people who are not in my, you know, not a parishioner, not mm-hmm. somebody I'm like ministering to, but just probably Facebook friends they and know you are seen father, on the street. Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow, this was a good week for how God has loved us. Thank you, yeah. Lord. Thanks, Lord. Anyway, you're about to go on a little trip this week. I'm, I'm very going jealous. to Kentucky. Kentucky Fried Chicken. I, Zach and I were supposed to go. Sadly, we ended up not being able to, but well, I hope you have the best time. I hope it makes you better that I'm going to say Kentucky to Johan so many times you, during this. You can't stop. You you have to get Kentucky Fried Chicken in Kentucky. Uh, I bet it tastes better there. I bet it's got to. I'd be really <laughs> if it didn't. <laughs> you said <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we will see you guys next week. See you then. Oh, bye. The Kentucky Fried Chicken. The Kentucky. The Kentucky. The Kentucky. Fried chicken. <laughs>